Although many of us strive to be the best dad we can be, many physicians struggle with finding balance between their life at home and their life at work. This is the Imperfect Dad MD Podcast, the show where we discuss topics involving our minds, bodies, beliefs, relationships at home, and upping our game with our business practices and financial knowledge to better improve our role as dad in the lives of those around us. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy Toffel, physician, husband, father to two boys, and self-proclaimed imperfect dad. Join me as I learn to raise my own imperfections within all these topics. Now, let's get to today's discussion. Hello and welcome to the Imperfect Dad MD Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jeremy Toffel, and this is part four of the four-part series on the book Blue Zones by Dan Butner. And if you've been listening this month, you've heard me talk about some different areas um, that are considered blue zones, what they do there, and what might be causing them to live longer and healthier lives. Today, we're going to take all that information and we're going to apply it to those six B's of being a physician dad. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it was earlier in the podcast episodes, go find it and listen to it so you understand what we're talking about here. But we're going to apply all the topics of blue zones to those six elements of being a physician dad. However, before we get into that, let's hear from this week's sponsor. As a physician, you routinely check your patient's health, but when was the last time you checked the financial health of your practice? You could be needlessly losing money right now. Stop bleeding money. Get actionable insights about your group's financial performance with a free, no-strings-attached assessment from CareCloud, a leader in medical billing solutions, EHR, and more. CareCloud has over 20 years' experience helping large and small providers boost profitability and has helped thousands of practices optimize their financial operations. Request your free revenue cycle assessment and learn more about your group's performance by visiting drpodcastnetwork.com slash carecloud. That's drpodcastnetwork.com slash carecloud, and I will leave a link for that in the show notes. Okay, so if you need a quick reminder of what those six B's of being a physician dad are, I'm going to go through those first, and then we're going to see how each one of these relates to the blue zones. Um, So the six B's, first one's your brain, so your mindset on your daily life. Next one's your body, so how well are you eating? Are you being healthy? Are you exercising? All of those kind of ideals. Beliefs is the third one. That's not just religious beliefs, but you know how do you approach your daily life? What are your daily beliefs in terms of um, how to treat other people and talk about other people, and how are you passing those beliefs on to your kids? The fourth one is your better half. So basically, how do you and your spouse or significant other get along? How do you treat them? And really, it's just treating family in general. And then your last ones are your business and your bucks. So what's your job like and what are you doing with your money? And surprisingly, if you read this book, Blue Zones, or if you listen back to the podcast episodes earlier in the weeks, you'll see all of these subjects touched on probably body the most. And that's probably the most important thing we discussed these last few weeks. But we're going to go through each of these sections and talk about how maybe you as a dad can change some things to help you live a longer and healthier life so you can be around longer for your kids enjoy them longer, and hopefully pass on some of those um, life skills to them as well. So when you look at the brain, that's our first one, right? And that's uh, when you think about being a dad, the brain is really the most important one because it controls everything else, all the body and the beliefs and everything, your brain, your mindset, all that is related. And so the first thing you have to ask yourself is what is your mindset on a daily basis? So how are you approaching your day? Are you waking up frustrated all the time or are you relaxed? Are you chill? You know, how are you doing? When you look at these people 
in these different blue zones and these centenarians, so these people living up to their hundreds and past that, one of the biggest things that they discussed is how there was really not a lot of stress with these people. These people are always very happy. They were always very jovial. They never seemed frustrated or grumpy. And so the question is, is how are you handling stress in your daily life? And you know, they use examples um, through the blue zones. So Sardinia, the men there discussed that they had less stress because they just basically worked in the fields as shepherds and their wives took care of everything else, including the house, the money, the kids and all those things. And they said, what do I have to be stressed out about? I, I, I work in the fields. There's nothing else to do. And so they handled stress that way. The people in Okinawa are very much um, strong in their beliefs with family shrines and how their ancestors influenced their day. So if something goes wrong, it was meant to happen and they have no control over it. If something goes right, their ancestors help them. So the concept of really not taking any blame nor blaming anybody else for when something goes bad, I mean, that's such a weight off your shoulders when it comes to things like stress because you don't have to sit around and focus on it or think about it or start to dissect it and whose fault was this, whose fault was that. It's really just, hey, it happened, move on, get over it. And so that's, again, a stress-free thing. Um, the people of Loma Linda here in the United States, the Seventh-day Adventists, you know, they celebrate the Sabbath and that helps relieve stress because those days they don't work. They hang out with family and they do fun things. So they have a, they always have a stress-free day to look forward to every single week. So that's a big thing there too. The other thing is what's your daily routines? So how much time are you spending looking at your phone? How much time are you spending charting at work? How much time are you spending with your family? And how much of that family time is quality time? That's a big topic. And your daily routines are very much related to your brain. And if you look at these people in the blue zones, they have specific routines for their day. You know, they get up, they do their work, whatever that work may be. They do their specific rituals. If it comes to religion, they tend their gardens. um, And those routines really give them their sense of purpose throughout the day. And the other interesting thing, and I'm going to talk about this in the body too, but these routines keep them moving. They're not just sitting at a, you know, a desk staring at a computer screen all day. They are moving all the time, getting up, getting down, climbing up hills, going this way, going that way. And so these routines have established daily activity that is allowing them to get the exercise they need without you know, devoting an hour to the gym or something like that. And so your daily routines really influence that. And I think you as a dad really need to look at what are your daily routines and how can you maybe shift that to find a way to get what you want out of life and out of your daily routines as well. Now, again, if you want to listen into my thoughts about routines and how to maybe adjust your schedule throughout the day, I actually talked about this in episode eight. So it's a little far back there. But if you go back to episode eight, I talk all about like what your schedule is, how do you adjust it? How do you influence your day and, and kind of rank what's important to you and what's not important to you and maybe how to add some more healthy routines into your day and get rid of some of those unhealthy ones. So again, if you want to check that out, go back to episode eight and we talk about that a little bit. Now, you hear me talking too with this, like, what's your sense of purpose and and everything. And and again, in your brain, you you need to have something that motivates you every day. Okinawa, they refer to that as your ikigai, but they talk about, you know, what's your reason for waking up that morning? Again, sometimes as physicians, you know, we wake up and we're just like, oh, I got to go to work again and I got to deal with administration. I got to deal with insurance companies. I got to deal with this and that. Or I look at my schedule. Oh, I have this frustrating patient coming. That's going to really ruin my day. But we don't always focus on the positive and we don't always focus on the purpose. And I think that's really hard to do sometimes because it's very easy to get into that funk, that kind of mindset of, 
oh, I got to do this today, I got to do that today, instead of like, hey, I get to do this today, or hey, my purpose today is I get to help people, and that's pretty freaking cool. And so um, I, I think for us as dads, we, we need to work on that. You know, what is our purpose in life? What is our our sense of self? And, you know, what are the things that we feel like is, is the reason we want to wake up every single day? And if you feel like you're struggling with that, definitely talk to somebody about that. Now, second B, your body. We talked about this a lot this month throughout the last three episodes of this. And then because so much of these blue zones, the influence is based on their diets. And when you look at your body, it's the food you eat and the exercise, right? So when you, we're going to focus on food right now. And pretty much every common theme in all of these areas of the blue zones is you had these people who had their own gardens. They had all their own vegetables in their backyards. Um, the fruits and veggies varied depending on where they lived. But that was a common theme. The other thing is that they weren't living in abundance. They weren't eating a ton of food all the time. Um, you know, we talked about in Okinawa, they say harahachibu, where they only eat till they're 80% full is what they say. So eat until you're no longer hungry. Don't eat until you're full. You look at some of these other locations, they only have a couple meals a day and they're not huge banquet style meals like we tend to do here in the United States all the time. It's very much a, not a limited diet, but it's a controlled diet. It's a controlled amount of calories coming in. It gives you all the stuff they need and all of the extra stuff they don't need. And so, you know, when you look at here in the United States, especially as as dads and being doctors, you know, during lunch, you may not have a lot of time. So you might run down to the hospital cafeteria, grab a lunch that's quick, and it ends up being, you know, something that's 1500 calories, you know, because it's been fried and put a whole bunch of ranch on it. I don't know. <laughs> that's what I used to do all the time. And so when you look at the common theme here, it's always these, you're eating, they're eating fresh foods. Um, they're not eating really anything processed. They're not going down to the, you know, quick store to buy whatever from them. It's, it's their own foods. And there's a lot of focus on, um, nutrition in terms of those valuable foods, root vegetables, those kind of things, cooking at home and the value of that. There varies, there's very little meat, if any, eaten in these communities. And it's not because they meant to be vegetarians. It's just because they don't have either the access to the meat or it's expensive for these people. Um, but those that do eat meat, it may be on a weekend. It may be only during certain times of the year on holidays. In most of these locations, they were eating pork. But again, the pork was being cooked down slowly over a long period of time and all the fat was being skimmed off. So again, we don't always think of pork as being a healthy food because you look at bacon and other things, all this fat. They get rid of all that fat. And then they use the meat, which is very tender at that point. They use it in stews and other things. Now, when you look at the Blues and the Blue Melinda, they don't eat any pork. So it's not saying that pork's a magic meat and you need to go eat just pork all the time. But the idea here is that they're taking a meat, they're leaning it down, so getting rid of the fat, and they're watching the quantities. So they're not eating a ton of meat. And so I think that's important to recognize. And I'm not, again, saying that you have to be a vegetarian, that you have to be a vegan. But, you know, here in the United States, pretty much every meal that we eat is heavily meat focused. There's always that topic of, well, what are you having for dinner? What's the primary part of your dinner? It's the meat. It never is the veggies. It's never is the grains. It's always tends to be the meat. And I think we have to really adjust our viewpoints on that. Um, because if we're just eating, you know, the same types of meats three times a day, it's, it's doing something to us. What it is, I can't say. But the fact that all these regions have that same thing in common is very telling. And if, if we're going to be eating meat, we have to make healthy choices when it comes to that meat, especially how we prepare it, how much we eat, and, and how we kind of approach that from a daily basis. 
Now, one of the last things I want to talk about when it comes to food is water. You know, they found that obviously all these people are mainly just drinking water where they live and they get it from their local sources. So looking at the Adventist health studies, drinking six to seven glasses of water a day had huge health benefits. You look at the people in Nicoya, they drink all their water that's locally and it tends to be very hard water with lots of calcium and magnesium in it. And there's some thoughts that maybe that's helping them live longer. So don't go out by those, you know, soft water machines and get your water all soft because you might be actually causing more damage than good to yourself. Um, and just focus on what you're putting in your body on a daily basis. You know, it's not uncommon that I have families come in and they're like, oh yeah, I only drink two pops a day. And it's like, that's, that's a lot of sugar, but it's also a lot of fluid you're taking in that's not water. And so you as a parent, I think this is probably one of the easiest things you can change in your daily life, but also your kids making sure that they get their daily water intake. And we do that with our boys. We talk about that. We probably got to do a little bit better job on watching the actual volumes they're taking. We push water a lot, but we probably need to look at that a little bit more for us. So I know we got to improve on that. And so that's, you know, kind of the last part of the food aspect. Now again, with body, you're looking at exercise too. And all these people are not purposely going out and, you know, training for marathons or going to the gym to exercise and those kind of things all the time. Their daily lives, like I said in the brain as part of things, their daily lives include the routine of being active. The shepherds are watching, walking six miles a day to get to their fields. Um, you got people attending their gardens. You have people doing rituals. It leads to them standing and sitting and standing and sitting and kneeling. And so there's constant movement going on in their daily lives. They're not just sitting around. They're not just, you know, watching TV. They're not just, you know, doing nothing. They're, they're actually moving all day. And I think this last year with COVID really was telling for that because you look at these kids who were forced to do mostly virtual learning versus in-school learning. And these kids basically sat around all day on their computer screen for school. Um, they didn't move very much. They lost all of that you know, extra activity they get just from walking from class to class or, or anything like that. And they gained weight. They It affected their mental health. And we saw that with kids in COVID. And, you know, I think that's something we don't always think about is just what, how much activity you're getting on a daily basis without meaning to. And so if you can include more activity into your daily routines, I think that's a huge thing that you can do at one as a parent, but two, to get your kids doing it as well. So let's talk about beliefs. Beliefs is a third B of those six Bs of being a physician dad. And when we talk about beliefs, it doesn't always have to be truly religious focus. Now, a lot of people in these blue zones were very religious. Obviously, the Seventh-day Adventists of Loma Linda are Christian with that focus, that biblical focus. Uh, the people in Nicoya um, and even Sardinia had more of a Catholic leaning in their religious ba- backgrounds. Um, you look at the people in Okinawa, and they were very much more focused on these family traditions, and they had like a local um, leader that was very spiritual for the group. And so th- there's these different aspects of kind of religion, but even beliefs throughout these blue zones. And what a lot of research has shown is that people who are part of a religious organization, doesn't matter what religion, Christian, Jewish, Hindu, Buddhism, Taoism, whatever, it doesn't matter which one you're part of, but if you're part of it and you practice it, so you're going to church every week or doing those things, they actually live longer and are tend to be healthier than those that don't do it. And they think there's a couple aspects to it. Is number one, you, you give yourself that time to reflect. So you're hopefully taking some stress off your day, like lives. Number two, you get the socialization. And, and I think we've all learned this last year from COVID. 
We're very social beings and we need that socialization to function on a daily basis and it helps our mental health. It helps our stress. And so that is a big thing. It gives you a sense of purpose and it gives you a sense of meaning, needing to be here and why are you here? And so there's a lot of health benefits that they've seen when you have this belief structure. And when you look at these blue zones, they all had a very strong belief structure. Um, Now with that again, too, you have to impart that onto your family. You have to kind of help them understand the importance of that. Help your kids understand the importance of that. Help show that you practice it, include them into that. And, you know, you don't have to push it on them, but trying to make it as part of your daily routines or your weekly routines or whatever that might be is extremely important, not only for your health and your belief structure, but also for your kids. Moving on to better half, moving on to your family. I mean, that's extremely important in these blue zones. You'd look at the areas of Okinawa, Sardinia, Nicoya. I mean, all of them are very focused on family. And I think it's sometimes as parents easier to focus on our kids, maybe not always focus on our spouse or even as the unit of a family together, right? I mean, in the United States, we get very busy. Our jobs keep us busy. Our kids' activities keep us busy. And and there's just so many rare instances that we all get to be together. And so I think when you look at taking the teachings of the Blue Zones book and applying it to being a a physician dad, one thing is, is you got to find a time where it is for family, strictly for family, you, your spouse, your kids, or if you don't have a spouse, you and your kids, whatever that is, but it has to be devoted to that family time. Nothing else, no other distractions, show the importance of family to them. Because when you do that, it gives you a sense of purpose. It gives your kids a sense of purpose. It takes stress off your daily life. And it really just helps overall. Your kids trust you more. Your kids look to you more for those healthy kind of rituals that you do. So now if you've changed some of those eating habits, exercise habits, mindset habits, your kids are going to pick up on it more and they're going to actually want to follow it more. And so Again, that better half aspect is important. Now, the other thing with that better half is you and your spouse or significant other can keep each other in check. So when you're talking about making changes for your mindset or changing your eating habits or changing your exercise, you have an accountability partner essentially there to help you if you're on the same page with this. You help each other keep eating healthier. You keep each other, you take walks together, do those kind of things. Again, you guys don't have to go train for a triathlon or a marathon or anything like that. Um, But just kind of encouraging each other to make some changes in these daily life rituals and routines um, is extremely beneficial because we all know that when we try to do something by ourselves, it doesn't work out very well. But when we have somebody cheering us on or we're cheering them on, it really motivates us a lot more. So looking at the last two Bs of being a physician dad, our business and our bugs, sometimes I group these together, sometimes I don't. Today, I'm going to group those together because they're kind of related here. Because when you look at our culture in the United States, the, you know, this capitalist culture, again, not against capitalism here, so don't come yelling at me. Um, but it's very much a work, 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 make your money, make your money, make your money, you can enjoy your time later, right? We focus on moving up at work, getting a promotion, finding that job that's going to pay us better. Um, no matter how many hours, sometimes it causes us to forfeit for our, the rest of our lives or with our families. Now, you might as a doctor too, you know, be spending more time at the office because you're charting or dealing with other issues and that can affect things. Or you guys want to go on that extra special vacation. So you're working extra shifts just to make the money for it. And so there's all this focus on work being, you know, a job to then make money to then get what we want. And when you look at these regions of blue zones, you don't see that whatsoever. The work these people do are what you want to call down-to-the-earth jobs. They're shepherds. They're farmers. They um, 
really just focus on like the daily needs of life and they're able to sell things to help with that. But I mean, most of the things that they need, house, uh, food, everything like that, they do on their own. They're not out there getting mortgages. They're not out there buying from grocery stores. They're not out there buying the next expensive car. They are, you know, living what we would term as a very basic life. But none of these people feel like they're missing out on life. And in fact, some of them are probably enjoying life a lot more than we are because their lives aren't so focused on work, 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 make your money, make your money and and do those things. Um, Actually, if you look in Okinawa, they still do not have a word for retirement. There's no such thing. And that's not because they just keep working until they're dead, but it's because their jobs are very much tied to just the enjoyment of life. They enjoy what they're doing. They enjoy the process of it. They enjoy the purpose of it. They enjoy helping other people. And in the United States culture of capitalism, that's not what we see most of the time for a lot of us, even as doctors, is that we get more stressed from work. We feel like we have to do this or do that from the job aspect, not because we maybe want to do this or do that, but because we feel like we have to, or we feel like, well, this is going to make me more money. So I do it now. I'll suffer now, but later on, it'll hopefully pay off. You know, we have these things that we tell ourselves about our work and our money, and we don't always recognize how much it's truly affecting us. You know, I'm, I'm a part of several physician groups online that focus on either ways to make money or, you know, how are you going to retire and how much money do you need for retirement and things like that. And the numbers, you know, for, oh, well, I would need this much of income every month to be happy um, or this much in retirement to be happy. And I, you know, I, I guess I'm just such a basic person when it comes to money. But when I look at the values that people talk about, I have, I don't know what they're spending it on. I don't know what they're buying. I don't know what trips they're taking. I, I, but I, I just look at it and it's just, to me, it's very mind blowing on the value we have given to money and how it affects our lives, our values, and how much of that is truly affecting our health. And I think it's a lot, but I don't think we can really give a value or a number to it because there's no way to truly, truly study it. But I think as a physician dad, I mean, we're doctors, we chose to do this with our lives, right? But I think what we need to know is you need to have one, a sense of purpose for your job, Don't always focus on the value or the money because let's say you try to pick a new job because you make more money, but maybe you're more miserable there. It's probably not worth it, right? Maybe your job's taking you away from your family or the activities that help you be less stressed or the things that you find enjoyment in. That's probably not worth it then, right? You need to find ways to balance that out. And so I think from being a physician, we still have choices. Sometimes we, we tell ourselves we don't have choices. We have choices. You just have to look for them. And that's the big thing. So again, I think these are all important topics. And I think that when you look at those six B's of being a physician dad, you can find something within these blue zones for each of those things that we can all work on. Now, are you going to make changes to all these at once? Absolutely not. Because you know, just as much as I do is when you try to change everything, nothing ever works. So maybe pick one or two things at first, try to make some changes with those and just keep moving on from there. Decide what's important to you. Again, you don't have to change everything. But you need to find the things that are important to you as a person, to you as a dad, to you as a husband, to you as a doctor, and determine what those things are. How are you going to change it? What are you going to switch those out for? Because again, when you go to your daily routines, if you're going to adjust one thing, that means you're stopping or adjusting something else. And so you need to balance that out and determine what, what that looks like for you. But you can't get there until you start. So I'm challenging you all today, pick something. Even if it's just making sure you get your six glasses of water every day, pick something. 
do it for the next three to four weeks and then move on to the next thing. All right. So I hope you got something out of this month. You know, it was, it was a, it was a different thing. I've never done a, a series like this before, but I really wanted to focus on this book. It's a, it's a great book and I would recommend highly that you go read the book. Um, they even have a website. Go there. They have so many other locations from a blue zone perspective and ideas about those blue zones and how you can maybe apply them to your life. They have something, I think it's called a vitality compass or something like that, where you go and you put all your information in and they can tell you, number one, what's your life expectancy now possibly? And number two, how can you make it longer? And so check that out. It's a really cool thing just to play around with. Before we go, let's give another shout out to our sponsor, CareCloud. Don't let bad billing processes keep you from your hard-earned revenue. CareCloud's free revenue cycle assessment uncovers billing mistakes so you can see how to claim every last dollar. Get your free assessment by visiting drpodcastnetwork.com slash carecloud. Again, that's drpodcastnetwork.com slash carecloud. Don't wait. CareCloud is ready to help your practice thrive. All right, guys, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Share this with a friend if you think there's somebody out there that would get something out of this series. If you don't think someone's going to get something out of this series, next week we're back to interviewing dads just like you. So please come check it out. My dad, Dr. Jeremy Toffel, is a pediatrician, father, and husband. The information provided in this podcast is not meant to be medical advice and is for your education and entertainment only.